Fantastic. Well, we are talking about faith moves mountains. Faith moves mountains. When you become a Christian and you become a follower of Christ, you understand that God has a whole access of things that he wants to unlock for you and I on all different levels. And the the way that you access the promises and the blessing that God has for you does not necessarily come naturally to us. It's a spiritual thing that we have to learn. And I learned probably that when I really first began to learn about faith, although I grew up in a great Christian home, uh, you know, and most things kind of came to me fairly well, and I learned how to worship, I learned how to read the Bible, I learned how to, uh, to tithe, I learned uh, how to, to reach out to my friends and to pray for them, I learned a lot how to hear God speak to me, lots of different things I learned, but it wasn't until I actually was involved in business, and I began to hit some obstacles in my business, and things were actually going pretty badly that I started to realize and I needed to learn how faith works. I needed to access God's supernatural power because often when things are going all good, you don't need to access God's supernatural power. But when you hit some challenges, A, or B, when you've got a big vision, then you're not, you've got to learn how to touch in to God's power for your life. And here, just here's a little thought for those of you uh, who don't have any problems right now. It's much better to get a big vision than to have to wait for problems to come along because God wants you talking to Him. He wants you in relationship. And so He'll do whatever it takes to get your attention so you're really talking to Him. So I'd rather be motivated by vision than than some sort of just cruising along in life waiting for a crisis to turn me to God, all right? And so the the crisis that I had, I was involved, uh, I was running a business as as a, a, a trust for our family and it really was going badly. Uh, I'd had scriptures from God and promises from God, but we were losing, uh, you know, my parents had invested their whole retirement savings into this particular trust that I was looking after, and it was going backwards to the tune of three to $5,000 a month. And I'm about 23 years old at this point, managing my parents' inheritance. Great, great moment. I can't believe they trusted me. But anyway, that's a whole other issue. And so I'm, I'm at this particular point and I'm, uh, you know, running this business and we're, we're losing that amount of money each month and we're running out of months. And we're getting to this point where if, if it goes south, it's going to be not good for them. It's going to be not good for me. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress in this moment. And I heard someone speak at that particular moment about how faith works and how God works in your life in terms of how, how often God, God answers prayer for you, but more often than not, God answers prayer through you where you've got to learn that it's not just God doing, uh, you know, sort of rescuing me over and over again, but He actually wants to grow us to a point where He can give us answers and we can participate in the miracle that He's got for us. We can be, we can join with Him as partners for Him. He wants us not to need Him to rescue us all the time, but to grow in our spirituality so that we can learn to do exactly the way God created us to do, and that's to speak to the mountains of our life. And so I, I learned about that and I realized that God had given me some promises and, and some, some scriptures and God had talked to me and so all I needed to do rather than complaining about the problem 
rather than trembling about the problem, rather than waking up in the middle of the night stressing about the problem, even rather at that point, rather than asking God to help me about the problem, I needed to start speaking to the problem. I needed to start hearing what God had said and saying, this is what God said. And so I began to do that. I began to get into my business uh, half an hour before uh, it opened. To, so it opened at 7.30. I would get there at 7 o'clock in the morning and I would begin to, I'd lock, we had this concrete bunker where my, my business makes chemicals and I'd get into this concrete bunker, lock the doors. It was soundproof, which was really handy. And I would just begin to walk up and down inside this room and start to declare, this is what God says. And, and for, you know what? I'd be, I'd be truthful. I'd say, God, it sucks. It's terrible. I'm, I'm fearful. I'd be honest with God. I was, you know, because God knows how you are anyway. So you might as well be honest with him. I was honest with him. But then out of that place, I said, but you said, and I began to declare what God said. And as I declared what God said, I watched over, I'm not, the probably was a nine month journey. The business that, that, that started out turning over about $16,000. I watched with no different marketing campaign, with no different shift in strategy. I watched that business go from 16,000 to 30,000 a month to 50,000 a month to 60,000 to 70,000 and, and plus each month. And the only thing that changed is I learned how to take what God said to me, get it in my heart, get it in my mouth and to speak it out. I want to help some people here tonight to understand that God wants you to be a partner with Him in this thing called a faith walk to see His provision and miracles in all sorts of area come into your life. Whether it's your friends who don't know Christ and you're praying for them with faith, whether it's a healing challenge that you need, like a health problem you've got, and you need God to work a healing miracle for you, whether it's financial, whether it's a vision issue, whether it's a relationship issue, whatever it might be for you, God's got an answer. It's an addiction that you need to break out of. Whatever it is, God's got an answer, and He wants you to partner with Him. And so we're going to look at our text tonight, which is in the book of Mark. And I would say this is probably one of the most famous scriptures um, around faith. And it pretty much works like this. Jesus had gone, uh, we'll pick it up from verse 12 of Mark 11. Now the next day when they'd gone out, they'd come out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Even Jesus got hungry. Is anyone hungry right now? Because there's a food van outside afterwards. Hang with us. And seeing them afar, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Now here's the thing. Fig trees will have leaves first and then fruit. So if there's leaves, you expect to see fruit, all right? And he found nothing on it. And, uh, for it was not the season for figs but there was leaves. And in response, Jesus said to it, because now we may be hangry, not sure, but he's hungry anyway, let, uh, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, there's both a practical thing going on here, but a spiritual thing. That Jesus is talking about Israel, who've had the appearance of being spiritual, who've had the appearance of religion, but they haven't bought the fruit of true hearts of worship. And so he's talking about a symbolic shift that's going to happen in that moment where Israel will cease to be God's only chosen people and he will open up the gospel and connection with God to the world and so that's part of what this is symbolizing but however a few verses later in verse 20 it says this now in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots not like dried figs because there was no figs but a dried up fruit fig tree and Peter remembering said to him rabbi or teacher look the fig tree which you cursed has withered away 
Now, Jesus gets into the second reason that he did it. It wasn't actually that he was just annoyed at it. He was, he was doing two spiritual things. One was about Israel and the shift. And the second was a, a lesson to you and I about how faith works. And Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. Everybody say faith. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, and he points to a literal mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Whoever. He doesn't say the holy ones like Dan Frecker, who's perfect and does exactly what his wife needs. He doesn't say that. He says, whoever, whoever, okay? So let's read that again, first of all. Uh, for assuredly I say to you, okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, for assuredly I say to you, okay, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, very key point there, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, everybody say ask, Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And he actually goes on and says, if you've got unforgiveness against somebody, make sure you forgive them. Otherwise, that unforgiveness is going to be a blockage to your prayer. But that's not the point of my sermon here tonight. The point of my sermon here tonight is how to have faith in God. And really, there's two key words in that scripture that I want to hone in on for us in the next eight and a half, nine minutes together right now. There's two key words. One is ask and one is speak. And when you need a miracle from God or when you need God to help you with a vision that you believe He's stirring in your heart for or you need a supernatural answer from God, the first thing we've got to do is come before Him and begin to ask. We begin to ask and say, God, would you, would you do this? We, we come boldly before him. We're righteous in the, in the, through Jesus' sacrifice. We don't have to come in groveling. We don't have to come in, you know, sort of do, like going, okay, well, if I, if I do this for, for 50 weeks, then I'll be ready to go and then I can ask God. He says, just like a son or a daughter would come boldly to their mother or father, they don't come in and go, oh, really, you know, I, I'm such, uh, I'm not worthy. I'm just a worm. Oh, dad, would you? please no they don't do that they just walk in and go hey dad I need and that's what God wants you and I to be like hey dad hey father I need you to do this and whatever it is I need this healing that Jesus provided for at the cross I need provision you're a provider I need provision in my life it's your very nature I need you to move in this person's life and so you come and you ask you ask and you keep on asking until you get an answer. I love and I shared it this morning about a guy by the name of George Mueller. George Mueller was in the 1800s in London. One of the most, uh, the greatest faith guys in history in terms of what he did. And he had a particular purpose or call on his life to help young people, children. And so he helped orphans. He actually set up orphanages uh, for 10,000 orphans over his life who stayed and lived in his orphans, orphanage. He was a preacher. He started 117 schools. Uh, he had 120,000 kids went through those schools over his lifetime because he understood his purpose from God was to impact children through schooling. And every one of us in this room have a purpose and we have a sphere that God has called us to impact to serve and to lead in okay and so when you discover that that's going to help you a lot so he did that and he as a man of faith because he just kept praying god would we need provision for food he did it all by faith 
He didn't have all, he just, he did it by faith. And he kept the record of all of his prayers. And it's, it, over his lifetime, he kept the record and he had 50,000 documents, answered prayers. 50,000 times he prayed, he got answers to those prayers. I wonder where you're up to right now in your prayers. Because if you see God as a small God, you don't, you like, and you're thinking, I don't want to bother God with my stuff. God actually wants to be bothered. He wants you to access his power. He cares about you. Okay. And so 50,000. Now, the interesting thing was 5,000 of the 50,000 were answered the same day. That's about, well, that's 10%. That would be pretty good odds. If, if of all the prayers you prayed, 10% got answered on the same day, what you've got to understand then is there's something about prayer. And that seems a little high to me. I'm not sure about you. But there's something about prayer that's not just about getting an answer the same day, but it's a persistent prayer. He tells a story of, of a man he prayed for for 63 years until he gave his life to Christ. But he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And so faith looks like this. It looks like coming before God's throne and asking and saying, God, would you give me an answer in this particular situation? God, would you move on my behalf? And there's an asking and an asking. And out of the asking, there'll come a moment where God speaks. It might come straight away. It might come over a period of time. It might be wait. It might be this it might, it might come uh, through the actual answer happening, which is really awesome. Um, it, but, it, but more often than not, it's not through the immediate answer. It comes in the form of a promise. It comes in the form like of a spiritually legal thing that God gives to you. It's almost like, okay, I've signed this over to you, Jordan. I've signed, your, the, here's the answer, and it's like, it's yours now. It's legally yours. I've given you the title deed to the house. So the Lord says, I've, not you, son, somebody else. I've given you the title deed to the house. Jackson just claimed the house right there as I preached. It was an awesome, anyway. Uh, he's, he's, this is what God says, and it comes in a promise, and it looks like this. It'll look like a scripture. More often than not, it'll be a verse from the Bible. You're reading, you're reading and God says, you know what? Like for me in the business, it was this. You'll be called a priest and a minister of our God, Isaiah 61. And you'll have the wealth of nations. And instead of your shame and hum humiliation, you will have a double portion. And, so and others will look after your flocks and herds. I got that scripture and I knew that was God's promise for me. That was the key for me to unlock the, what God had for me. Okay, that was the potential. Other times, it might, it, come, it might not come necessarily in a scripture. It might come in a dream. And you, you're praying about something, and at night, you dream, and you see this thing, and you know in your heart, it gives you a peace and a sense of confidence. God's answered that. For some people, it might come in a divine moment. It might be in church. It might be in prayer. I remember from my business once having such a stirring. I didn't know what it was for, but I had such a stirring from God to, to go and meet with him. It was a Saturday night. I wasn't a pastor. And Dan and I were together. I'm like, oh, man, maybe there's a meeting I need to go to tonight. Maybe there's a church service somewhere I need to go. And I looked around, what's, what's going on? Where do I need to go? I just got this stirring. Anyway, we eventually went to our friend's place. And I said, I just got to go down the beach. I got to pray. I got to seek God. And I, I don't know why. And when I went and I prayed, just I, I had a moment. Listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. But I had a moment. And, and in that moment, God visited me and I, I had this very strong impression. And this is, the words were very clear. I will make your business successful. 
That was, I will make your business successful. He gave me, and for me, he talked about prayer being the key thing to making it successful. And that, that moment for me, along with the scriptures, is where God answered my ask. He answered my ask. And God wants to answer your ask, not necessarily with the, with the physical answer, but with the, the legal tender, the spiritual legal tender for what he's given you. He wants to give it to you. And then he wants you to move into the different zone. If you say to the mountain, if you speak, so you've asked, you've got the promise. Now God says th th that promise has got to go. It's got to do a journey from up here in your mind. Because when you hear the promise, you're like, oh, that's awesome. I feel it's so strong. It must be going to happen tomorrow. And then you wake up the next morning and you're as anxious as you were the day before because nothing's changed. you got a promise. you got the legal right. But now you've got to go to work in the, in the spirit realm, getting that promise from your head into your heart because this is what the verse says. When you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. This is what faith looks like. Faith is when our heart is convinced. And the way our heart gets convinced really quickly is to continue to keep our eyes lifted up into the spiritual realm where the answer is and keep making the choice. I'm going to keep saying what God said. He said, I'll have a double portion instead of shame and humiliation. He said that. That's what God said. And then seeing that picture, he said, I will make your business successful. Whatever his answer to you is, you've got to keep your spiritual eyes on the answer that he's given you and as you do what happens is bit by bit that the unbelief that's in all of our heart gets dealt with gets cut aside and we start to, our words start to shape our heart that promise goes from here as a potential and it gets in here it happens as I speak and it happens as I see I speak what God says and I imagine I visualize I see what God's what, what God's saying and so as you're doing that what happens, this is awesome, the feeling of the answer comes into your heart. Nothing's changed yet in the natural realm. But the feeling comes, not, not by, from anybody else, but because you've got God's Word in your mouth and you're speaking God's word. And the Bible says it cuts between flesh and spirit. And so, so what's happening, you're, that word as you speak it, it's cutting off the flesh, the unbelief, and it's putting confidence in your heart. So pretty much the key to your miracle is in your mouth. It's in what you're saying over and over again if you're saying the word of God. And then the second thing is you're not just, you're not just speaking, but you're, you're imagining. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And then faith becomes a feeling confidence on the inside I can see like often I'll get to the point when I'm like oh we've got it babe that answer we've been praying for we've got it and, and if it was a financial thing I'm like let's spend the money you don't yet but you, but you can sense something shifted and you feel that confidence now you might be praying in that confidence for months because you've got, the, you've got the potential of God in you but now it's a matter of speaking and as you're speaking here's what you've got to understand God created the world with words. That's what happens in the spirit realm, the unseen realm. Things are created with words. And so God wants you and me to partner with him for the same thing. He'll create things as the band comes. Thanks, guys. He'll create things with your words. So whatever it is right now you're facing, whatever your impossible circumstance is, whatever your vision is, Whatever your miracle is, ask until you get an answer 
and then start to speak that word not just every now and then relentlessly relentlessly this is what God said this is what God said I'm giving myself to it Danielle and I when we're on a faith project we'll 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 sort of lock in for something and we'll go hey we're going to spend 10 minutes together each day as a as a point of discipline to pray into this particular area and we've done this over different years and different seasons and it's you know what I would say 80% of the time we don't feel like doing it 80% would that be accurate? She's like, that's pretty conservative. <laughs> it's just like, man, because you're under the pump for what you need the miracle for. You're under pressure. And you can be discouraged because nothing seems to be happening yet. But it's by purely a matter of discipline, you're like, all right, I'm going to speak to that thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get God's word in my mouth and I'm just going to speak to that mountain. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to keep speaking to that situation until it gets sick of me speaking to it. And it'll jump up and it'll run out into the ocean because of the tenacity, the fervency. And that's what the Bible says. The fervent prayer of a righteous man is effective. Not, the, not this kind of prayer. Be really nice if you did that, God. Come back to me when you've done it. Check out. Not that kind of prayer. Not the, not the, oh God, the mountain still hasn't flipping moved. You must, you obviously don't care. Not complaining about the mountain. Don't complain about the mountain. A whole group of people missed their destiny of a promised land because they spent all their time complaining about what they didn't have rather than being thankful for what God had brought them out of and looking with the eyes of faith at their future. They missed it because their language was the language of complaining. You can't have the language of complaining in your mouth and the language of faith. They, they like cancel each other out. So the language of faith is what God's called you and I to speak over and over. So, so it's not complaining about it. It's not passive wondering why it's not happening. It's, get, it's just going, all right, this is, this is me. I'm locking in God. We call it front-footed prayer. I love it. I actually see I'm locking in. I'm speaking to that thing. I'm seeing in the spirit realm, and I'm calling that thing into being. I'm declaring this is what God said. I'm prophesying over it. I'm getting a little feisty about it because I understand it's spiritual warfare, and I'm pushing back opposition in that moment. Can we stand to our feet right now? Spirit of God, I thank you you're here tonight. I thank you that there are prayers that haven't even been asked yet, Lord, that you're wanting to answer for us. Lord, I thank you in this place that faith is being stirred up. Stirred up. You've got to stir it up. You've got to stir up faith. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come natural. Lord, let faith be stirred up in this place, I pray. I thank you for every promise that you've given us as a church that will be fulfilled because of the promise that you've made over us. I thank you we're selling that land at Rainforest Drive for $5 million and buying that land at Power Road for $8 million. We're building buildings of $10 million debt-free. I thank you for it by the name of Jesus. I thank you every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Father, I thank you that you'll go before us like a consuming fire. You're moving on our behalf. And we give you glory. 
and we give you honor. With your eyes closed right now, if you're saying tonight, I need to stir up faith in my life. I need to begin to either ask or speak to the mountains in front of me. While the eyes are closed, just raise your hands right now. Say, that's me. I need to stir up my faith. I need to stir up my faith. Come on, Father, I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now. That faith might be for someone to meet Christ. That faith could be for all sorts of things. I'm asking right now, Lord, this house would be a house that pulls on the miraculous power of God so that you get the glory for lives that are being transformed and miracle after miracle after miracle. And we give you honor and we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you guys. All right, we're going to move into the most awesome.